I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome back to Articulate with Steamy Chance. Uh, listen, 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 listen. We've all been going through a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, mostly, you know, people that aren't white and aren't men like me. But, you know, we've all been going through a lot. And, you know, I, I think one thing that, that we really need to remember is that to help you get through something, you help other people get through other things, you know? Giving is getting, you know? <laughs> uh, I know that sounds cliche, but I just wanted to set up this episode in kind of a, a fun way, uh, because this week I was lucky to get Olivia Mead on. Uh, Olivia Mead has been a friend of mine since like the eighth grade. Uh, we've had a, a deep and, and hilarious history together, and yeah, she's super awesome. Uh, again, giving is something that Olivia really understands and really enjoys doing, you know? Uh, I knew she worked at the homeless shelter for years, two years, I don't know, I think that's what she says. <laughs> you listen and, and, and you'll find out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I realized that giving, especially at a time like this, is something that can help uh, this movement that a lot of people are getting passionate about a lot. And it seems like Olivia gives a lot of avenues and a lot of backstory and she has a great outlook on her experience doing it and helping out and volunteering and whatnot. So, yeah, listen to this episode, see how she reacts to it, and hopefully it inspires you to do something similar. It's, it's a good one. All right, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> okay. Here we go. And we're live. Olivia, come to call. Trust in the oven! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Olivia Mead. <laughs> hello, hello. It's been uh, since uh, what eighth grade? Yeah. Eighth grade? Yes. Been yes. Eighth grade? Yeah, fourteen. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Six years at least. Long history between us, Big and time. it's a terrible history. Nobody should ever hear it. No, it's really bad. Ever. Yeah. Everything is sucked. Everything in, in between. I don't understand how we're like still. Yeah. Communicating with each other at all. I. I should have stabbed you. You really should have. And you should have stabbed me. I know, I should have slit your throat. Jeez. Anyways, here we are. (laughs) Yes. And so here we are to talk about a lot of things. Yes. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Yes. And it's really sad, isn't it? It is. It's a very fucking crazy time to be alive in a very uh, disheartening one as well. Very disheartening. Yeah. I don't know how people are going to do it. But, you know, that's the only option is to keep going. Yeah. You can't stay stagnant. Can't can't you, say you, stagnant because time will keep you from doing that. Hopefully. Anyway. <laughs> probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. hopefully yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but there there are some good things that we can do, and I want to yes. get into that. Um, but first, let's get into your background a little bit. Okay. So you go to UC, UC right now, right? Yes, I do. What's your major? Uh, electronic media. And your minors. Um, certificates. My certificates? Yes. yes. Certificates. Uh, I'm doing a certificate in journalism uh, and a certificate in business français. Wow. So, business français. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Bilingual. <laughs> a girls. cultured woman. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm proud you. of what you've become. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. So, it's nice to see what you've become as well. Well, I'm not anything, but we'll oh, see. Oh, shut up. We're working <laughs> on it. We're working on it. We're working yeah. on it. So. <laughs> Exactly. But yes, I mean, you're learning uh, culture because you're interested in that culture and traveling. Mm -hmm. And that's a great passion to have because you see people and you meet people and get different perspectives. And it's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. I wish I had that passion as well. (laughs) Well, Um, you do. I mean, you talk to all kinds of different people and want to get different perspectives. Yeah, you're 
In a way. Anyways. Yeah. But anyway, so you got to. So we grew up in Lebanon, right? Yes. Lebanon is very um, culturally white area. <laughs> yeah, white as hell. White as hell. White yeah. as hell. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, ma'am. Absolutely, sir. It's a uh, fun country, conservative. Mm -hmm. uh, village ice cream parlor esque <laughs> type of uh, type of area. Yes. And um, and then you moved to Cincinnati. I did. How how what was the transition like? Um. Well, well. Okay. So I I've lived in Lebanon most of my life, but I did when I was very young. Um. Probably like I well it was like kindergarten through second grade. I went to Sycamore. Um. Like the Sims Elementary School over in like Montgomery. Oh. And um. I think I knew yeah, so, like, I was just really young, and there were, like, people from all over the world that went to school there. Like, we literally had flags for, like, there were probably, like, 40 or 50 countries that people came from, and they were students in, like, literally kindergarten through fourth grade. So, it was, like, I had, like, that background where it was super diverse, and, like, we had a World's Fair in the gymnasium, and, like, people from those countries were representing each one of them, which was cool. Yeah, um, So, like, there was that, like when I was very young, I had, like, a little more diversity. Okay, yeah. um, and then, like, I came to Lebanon, and... I mean, it was the complete opposite. Oh, for <laughs> Everybody sure. looked like me. Mm -hmm. um, and but at least I was wallet. You were still being shaped and whatnot. Yeah, so yeah. So I feel like I um, just had a little bit more context and background, I guess, just from a young age, sort yeah. of, at that point. But then again, like, you know. Like, yeah, again, third grade, you're, like, walking around, like, yeah, I know black people. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> I have black friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, then, uh, you know, again, Lebanon white country, uh, Republican, that whole thing. And moving to Cincinnati, it's very different. Um, so it definitely took a little bit of adjusting, but it wasn't anything I was uncomfortable with. Really? Uh, no, not at all. You were I don't know. Because personally for me, like, I, again, I don't consider myself racist or anything, but of course. coming from the suburban area into a city area in general, mm -hmm. I just feel uncomfortable. And in yeah. city areas tend to be more racially diverse, you know definitely, what I mean? Definitely, definitely. So, I don't know if it's because of the racially diverse part or if it's mm -hmm. just because of the area or something, but, yeah. I mean, moving down into that, especially your street <laughs> yeah. and your room has a, a door <laughs> yeah. right outside that, into the street. That was the part that was uncomfortable for me. It wasn't so much, like, I was honestly really excited to, like, be in a more diverse space and, like, mm -hmm. meet all kinds of different people and... Um, you know, learn more about different cultures and backgrounds and perspectives and, like, gain that knowledge just because, I mean, I think that makes you a more well-rounded person in of general. Course, yeah. So I was looking forward to that. But uh, where my apartment is situated is, like, right on the top of, um, like, one of the very populated streets and then also, like, a very just busy yeah, tell street. tell everybody where, where you live. Oh, oh no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. They, <laughs> plenty of people know already. You've probably <laughs> yeah. been to my house if you're listening to this, honestly. Um, but uh, anyway... That was uh, scary, and I was afraid of um, just, like, crime more than anything, I guess, yeah. kind of. Um, being in an urban area and having my bedroom, like, literally having a door to the outside. Like, exactly. literally the street and, like, right. the corner and everything. Yeah. Um, so that was a little nerve-wracking, and it was something that it took me a long time to kind of get used to. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I would, that's probably, like, the most uncomfortable thing. And then just, like, kind of watching, again, because, like, coming from such a, like... Suburban area. Yeah, and um, a white area, like, just making sure that, like, my implicit bias of, like, just what I've grown up with or around, like, yeah. doesn't come out because it's not what I consciously think or, like, genuinely exactly. believe, but, like, um, you still want to just be aware of... Yeah, I saw, like, in, like, high school, I remember seeing a tweet. It was, like, the first thing 
um, that comes to your mind is what you've been conditioned to believe. And then when you correct that in your mind, that's what you actually believe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's always that first initial reaction that you have to get over. Definitely. Before you, yeah, before you actually judge how you feel. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad. That, yeah, I, I don't know. For me, it, it would have been a really uh, like uncomfortable. I had this conversation recently because I went to the protest downtown yeah. on Monday, and it's mm-hmm. like, see, you know, I was thinking it was like <laughs> that having like a Black Lives Matter sign was almost like a it, it was almost like a safety net for me personally. But yeah. really, it's not a safety net. It's just like, it, like, it shouldn't. You shouldn't be thinking about it exactly. like that. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. be thinking about it like that. You should be thinking about it like. I'm supporting this movement or whatever, mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm protecting myself from yeah. the opposite of, of what could happen if I don't support this Definitely. movement. Definitely. You know yeah. what I mean? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. It's just something that, again, it's that first initial reaction, mm-hmm. and then you have to think about why you're actually doing it, Absolutely. and that's what you actually think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's so important to, like, recognize your implicit bias, especially, like, you and I both being, like, white people and coming from a point of privilege. Like, right. Just recognizing, like... What, like you said, you've been conditioned to kind of think just mm-hmm. with the people that you're around in the area that you grow up in. And then, like, you know, you've chosen to be educated and, you know, like, learn about different things and different perspectives and be accepting and, you know, that kind of thing. So, like, just to make sure that that's, like, what you always kind of put out instead yeah. of, like, whatever it is that you don't intend to go out into the world, even if you do. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, just trying to, like, be conscious of that was... Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't difficult necessarily, um, but it was just like a new kind of thought to have because like you can literally say anything <laughs> you know, back home and nothing would come of it. Yeah, so. exactly. Which is like really fucked up. It's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You can say anything back yeah, home. Yeah, you could. And you don't even, it's not even a second thought. You don't, mm. I mean, and this was what we were growing up in the era of like cancel culture and like yeah. actual progressivism, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Before, you know, even, like, the term gay and, like, I mean, N-word was always a bad word, but, like, mm-hmm. there would be people that threw it around pretty Willy-nilly. loosely yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we were kids because mm-hmm. that was a cool thing in, like, sixth grade or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, coming from that and being able to realize as you... I mean, again, you have, it does take some time and you have like some age really mm-hmm. to kind of come upon realizations Definitely. and, and figure that stuff out and be comfortable with it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so when, so at what point did you start feeling like you, like you could help, you know? Like I, mean? I could help? Yeah. Um, like after you, was there like a moment where you surpassed the uncomfortableness of moving there and then? Um, yeah, it was honestly kind of a pretty natural progression in a way, um, because, okay, so I was think like, I'm very thankful that I had this opportunity, but I was able to get a scholarship, um, to go to school at UC, um, and to be able to keep that, you have to do, like, so many hours of community service, and I've been, like, I mean, I feel like I'm a generally, like, a relatively compassionate person, <laughs> I hope. Relatively. <laughs> I yeah. don't wanna, I'm not trying to, like, I'm compassionate, what about it? I'm a compassionate-ass bitch, what the mm, fuck, no, yeah. no. But, um, no, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, they, like, you know, everybody just has to do this, and there's all kinds of things you can do, and you can get done, like, quickly, or you can do weekly stuff, or whatever, and so, uh, but at the root of it, they, like, really hammered home that they wanted you to find something that, like, you felt, you know, passionate about and, like, Mm -hmm. you wanted to make a difference in. And for me, um, 
I found, uh, well, I just noticed, like, walking to and from class in Lebanon, there's, like, maybe one or two homeless people that you see, you know, on the street. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know who they are, you know, you recognize them. But mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, there are homeless people literally every block. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, like, walking to class, I would literally, and I, I mean, again, like, my house is maybe, like, a three-minute walk from campus. Mm-hmm. I'd see, like, five or six homeless people every day on my walk there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is obviously, like, a big problem, mm-hmm. so why don't I, like... And this is just in Cincinnati, too. Exactly. Like, it's not even, like, a exactly. huge city. Exactly. Right. It, I mean, it's so bad everywhere, <laughs> but, um... Yeah. But, anyway, um, so I was like, well, you know, this obviously is, like, I see it, it's very present in my community, what can I do to help that? So, um... One of the places that I ended up finding was uh, the St. Francis Seraph Ministries Soup Kitchen. Mm. And um, I just, I was like, you know, I'll do this. It's like a couple hours a week. Um, and you just go in and, you know, help serve dinner and talk to the people, um, clean up, and then you leave. Um, but so I went and I, like, I immediately loved it. I loved, like, getting to see all these different people and talk to them and, um, like, make these connections and like literally just like see you know be like what you're doing to try to help the yeah. community because like i mean these people are like we're open for two hours and they were coming in for like sixths like not first and <laughs> seconds or thirds like they would come through the line like six times yeah and um i mean it's just like there's something else going on here there's just so many people from different backgrounds but it's majority african-american too that come through there and people with mental illness or substance abuse issues so there's all kinds of different um reasons that people end up in that position but we'll Mm -hmm. get into that a a little (laughs) more later but um yeah so i ended up going there and uh i loved it and i just continued to do that and that ended up uh you know kind of sparking this passion um to try and help the homeless community in cincinnati so yeah, and yeah. I mean, and I would hope that would inspire anybody else to do that, and I think that's a good mm-hmm. reason to at least start volunteer work. You know, it's mm-hmm. a daunting task at first. Yeah. But once you start it, you know, hopefully it ignites that that thing. Definitely. Yeah, that Definitely. passion in you. And I mean, even if you haven't seen something like that, you know, firsthand in your community, like going someplace and then seeing it and like helping, it's just like it takes so little effort on my part, mm-hmm. like. To, like you said, like at the, a couple hours a, Yeah, a like, it's a couple hours, and you're just, I mean, just to, like, be kind and smile and, like, recognize these people. Or, like, if you're walking down the street, say hello, and, you know, don't just, like, walk past them and ignore them. And so many people do that, and it's so dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're people just like you and me, and they are, they've probably been, you know, in the same position that you and I have been in at various points in our lives. And, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like, you cannot treat people like they're nothing when they are and so just to like do something that simple that like can really create a positive effect in a person's life it's like why would you not you know yeah so um yeah (laughs) no yeah i mean i mean just a quick example of from like again i have never lived in a big city i've only Mm -hmm. lived in athens ohio (laughs) which is like a college city but Mm -hmm. uh from this movie called do the right thing um, yeah spike lee beautiful he, film it's a great film but mm-hmm. there's this guy called the mayor who's just like a homeless guy yeah. he does like work for you know he'll sweep a gas station and they'll give him a beer or whatever you know mm-hmm. and uh, all these kids are like you know yo they're like kind of like talking shit to him they're like man like you should have made the right decision like put your mind to the right thing and being where you are and mm-hmm. you know for, as like kids you know as like 21 year old mm-hmm. as kind of younger kids it's like yeah. 
that sounds like right now it's like yeah anything's possible we're invincible we're never gonna end up homeless you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but when he comes back he's nice to every single person but he comes back with like you don't know what i've been through you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah you don't know what my life has has seen what like turmoil that i've gone through that and it's not always you know chance wins out on faith sometimes you know what i mean life happens absolutely there are things that you can't control Mm -hmm. and it's a really unfortunate you know it is Mm -hmm. it is um there's a lady that i know who is um she's kind of a liaison between um the homeless community and like uh, city officials Mm -hmm. she was um a teacher actually like had a full-time job family everything and um like shit just happened and like I believe she was in some kind of accident and got addicted to opiates. Oh, man. Um, like, pain pills, and then it just kind of went from there. Um, and she ended up becoming homeless, but, like, I mean, she literally was set, you know, like, prior to that. And it just kind of all unfolded really quickly, and she got sober, but she's still homeless. Mm-hmm. But she's educated, you know, and she's she's not stupid by any means. She's incredibly smart and well-spoken. <laughs> And, like, you know, you might not know that just from, like, looking at her and whatever, like, your implicit biases, you know, to people who look a certain way or dress a certain way or are a certain class. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, she's just so well-spoken and um, has really, like, been such a force trying to, you know, relate things from the community to um, city officials in a way that's really powerful. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I mean, it can, like, it can happen to anybody with any kind of situation. It could be a drug abuse thing. It could be, um, you know, like, you're late on rent and you're a single mother or, you know, (laughs) I mean, like, mental illness. There's some... Yeah, it really could. Yeah. um, So, I mean, that kind of... I mean, we'll get in a little bit more, but, like, first, like, uh, what are, like, the characters that you've met? You know what I mean? Yeah. Through this whole thing, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, So, one guy that comes to mind immediately... um, I'm not gonna like say his name, but um, uh, we'll we'll call him uh, we'll call him Clyde. Clyde um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was so I've been like working on a documentary about homelessness a little bit over the past uh, year or so, and um, I met this man at the public library in Cincinnati, which is where a lot of homeless people go because they've got like computers and social workers there and a lot of resources um, to try and help you get back on your feet. But um, I was there and I was trying to like find some people to either talk to in an interview or just kind of get to know. He came up to me, and he had the biggest smile on his face. Oh. <laughs> and he was just so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, do you want to take my picture or what? And I was like, sure. So we got to do talk Do you want to take my picture I know. Or what? <laughs> I was like, all right, let's, sure. I'll yeah, let's do, let's do it. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Um, Confidence, so, I like it. Yeah, exactly. So um, we got to talking, and... Um, he had moved around a lot, and he'd been in Florida for a few years, and he ended up coming back. Um, he's from Kentucky originally, but he came to Cincinnati and um, because his mother was sick and uh, mm. she was dying. So he made his way back here, and um, he, like, had literally, like, no... That was, like, his only family member, and she ended up passing away. So there was, like, no place for him to go after that. Um, And he was homeless for, like, I think maybe six months to a year. So he was on, like, the shorter spectrum of people that I've met who have been homeless. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, I just have never met somebody so, like, just instantly kind, I guess. And, like, just just radiating joy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh... Yeah, so he uh, got involved with 
um, the homeless coalition, um, and they like helped him find housing and a job and everything. So that's a really good organization. Yeah. We'll get into that more later. Um, but yeah, he's Clyde is amazing. Um, and then I met a woman. Uh, she's one of my favorites. Her name's Heather. Uh, she uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> no, she's beautiful. <laughs> um, but she um, tends to kind of hang out near where I live. Um, like I see her on my walk to class a lot. Um, and again, like she's just I don't know everybody that I've talked to. Like I don't know. I've met some interesting people at the soup kitchen. Um, but she's also just very very sweet and. Um, I don't know entirely what her backstory is. She hasn't opened up too much, mm-hmm. but I we just talk normally, like just like yeah. anybody else, you know. Yeah. Um, and you can't expect them to. I mean, no, and I'm not gonna ask them that because right. like that's you know. It's personal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess in terms of like kind of kooky characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, wait. Never mind. I know. I know exactly who to talk about. Yeah. Um, my brother. Um, he also was uh, homeless for a little while. He suffered from substance abuse issues. And uh, one of his best friends, um, his name is James, and uh, his wife's name is um, Carly. We'll call her Carly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, they were homeless on and off for five or six years. Mm. And she's got diabetes. um, And they lived in and out of tents in various places. But um, James, uh, he loves... To rap, he's got, hmm. <laughs> he's he's very passionate about that. He's 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 a white rapper. Yeah. Um, his white nickname, rapper, yeah. yeah. His nickname is Chucky. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he's got like red hair. Oh, okay. Um, which so is kind of where that comes from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, he like, God, he's something else. I just I adore him. He's so funny, but he definitely like, God, I don't know. There's just all kinds of people. And I can't really say anything bad about him. They're yeah. just like... So, yeah, what kind of rap does he do? Oh, God. It's like all freestyles. <laughs> and he records All freestyles. All freestyles. He never That's impressive. Writes anything. That's it impressive. is. It is. And honestly, it's not, it's not bad. He's honestly really good. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, he... he um, every time I've, like, come over there to, like, hang out with him, and I'll just spend time with him. I've interviewed him a few times, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he always shows me like his new raps and he Aww. just does it all on his phone on like this little voice recording app and he like yeah. rips beats off youtube and <laughs> i've like offered to like make beats for him and mm-hmm. i did and then he didn't want to use it Aww. and then i like brought i was like hey you want to record a song man i'll bring my <laughs> stuff over i brought my interface and my mic and everything and i sat there with him he wanted to write my sister a song for christmas mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> he like i think he, i remember that one actually. yeah yeah he ended up um not writing it, he freestyled the whole thing. No, nice, and nice. I, I, again, I brought all my equipment over, and he did not. Did not want it. No, uh-uh. no, he said no. Uh-uh, I'm gonna use my phone. So <laughs> he did that his way. Um, but it was a beautiful gift. He's he's something else. Him and Aaron are both. They're just kooky, man. Just but cares. I love them absolutely. Yeah. They're they're great. They're great. That's awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. So. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I know that you said. Mental illness is a big factor that plays into homelessness, yeah. which is really unfortunate because people are just born with that. Absolutely. Um, automatically. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you've had experience with that, obviously, which is unfortunate because you're insane. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. No. <laughs> no, but it, it is really sad. Um, mm-hmm. 
And but it seemed like something that you wanted to get into, like the cause of the homelessness. Yeah. Um, homelessnesses. <laughs> homelessnesses. Yeah, that have happened. But, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different causes, obviously, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of different avenues that. And it, like I, we mentioned before, it's like something that we can't even really comprehend right now. Like right mm-hmm. now, we're just like, yeah, why would I ever be homeless? You know. What I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you feel so invincible, and you have no idea what life can throw your way. Exactly. You have no idea. No idea. None at all, and um. Yeah, I mean, it could be mental illness. It could be, you know, some kind of addiction. Yeah, you could um, just get, uh, like, an aneurysm out of nowhere. Honestly, you know yeah. I mean? Or, like, I mean, you could have cancer, and you can't afford to pay the medical bills, mm-hmm. and, you know, you lose your home, and then, you know, it goes from there. Right. Um, I mean, and then another really big thing that um, is very prevalent in Cincinnati, obviously, is um, gentrification and development, oh, um, yeah. which is a thief of, oh, of communities yeah. and homes and affordable housing in particular. Um, and I mean, all of those things, there are people who get displaced from new building projects in OTR, for example, like literally all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another big cause for all of that. So, I mean, you know, when you combine all of those, you've got a ton of people who are just kind of like left, you know, mm-hmm. left behind mm-hmm. and, um, nothing, you know, there's just nothing to help them with. It, you know? Um, but yeah, the development and the gentrification, like being in Cincinnati again, is like something that I see literally every single day. <laughs> like wherever you look, you can see the effects of that. Yeah. Um, you see the three CDC posters. You see, you know, one block is like completely like just a wreck of like, you know, old tenements. And then you've got like these brand new, like, you know, sparkly luxury well, condos yeah. and so, like so fancy bad. little hipster liquor bars or whatever foods. it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like apartments. Yeah, or like smoothie shops and all this kind of stuff, or uh, particularly like the trendy bars and, of course, the FC Stadium that's coming, mm-hmm. um, which is such horseshit. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I've heard like one story. I think Anna told me it was like uh, about how there's just like actually one guy who provided affordable housing for people like that, mm-hmm. and then they wanted to buy his property to add it on to their amount of property that they already had yep. and then he ended up dying mysteriously yeah and like a weird thing and they Dude. somehow bought his property and it's so it's so fucked up yeah it's so fucked up. It's real fucked up and um i mean that i mean gentrification and uh development like that has such a strong foothold in the culture of Cincinnati and it's crazy too. because when you talk to people like moving into an area mm-hmm. they'll be like oh yeah it's gentrified they'll say it like it's a good thing you it's know what not. I mean? <laughs> they'll be like yeah it's gentrified like you're you're fine you should move oh, it's in safe washington it's park safe. is safe now mm-hmm. don't worry about it <laughs> god it's like that's such a self-centered worldview it's like you're already safe so many places and you have a home and you have all of these things and then, you have like, ohio Come exactly <laughs> oh, most of ohio you have, seriously you have the state <laughs> and you don't want these people to have a park, yeah. like, that that they can just, you know, camp out in or whatever it is that they, they need. And, um, you know, of course, like, there has been a reduction in crime, which, in that area, but that doesn't mean it's not happening elsewhere. Right. Um, and it's really just, I mean, it's really just a fancy way of saying, like, we want black people to leave this area. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of gets in. I saw a really um, cool photo 
from the protests that mm-hmm. have been going on. Um, it was some journalist, I forget the, his name, but um, it's like a picture of where, you know how like the restaurants have been like providing like space in the streets for tables so they can do social distancing and stuff? Yeah. It's like there are people who are sitting on the street in like, you know, their little restaurant area. They're all drinking like craft beer. They're, you know, like enjoying a Sunday brunch or whatever. And mm-hmm. then on the other side of that blockade mm-hmm. are all of the protesters. Oh, and it's man. like, those are the images of the two Cincinnati's that we have. We've yeah. got like the people who are buying into all of the gentrification and all of these like, you know, luxuries that they've provided in OTR and the cute little shops and, <laughs> you know, the breweries and everything. And then there's like the nitty gritty you know, underbelly of it, what that really makes up all of it, and mm-hmm. and that's where all of the injustice is happening. Yeah. And I just thought that photo was like really so powerful. powerful. Yeah, it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if like, and apparently like the people who were sitting at the table like came out and said like, oh, we're in support of it, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, you're looking very like complicit yeah. you know, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, they posted a black square though, so it's okay. Oh yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's fine. Racism is solved. Yeah. <laughs> with that one image. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. Um, yeah, is that um, something that could lead into that story that you were talking about that you texted? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, to take it back a little bit, um, like I said, gentrification and development um, has been. It's got a long history of affecting the African-American community in Cincinnati. Um, so to take it way, way, way back, mm. let's take it to the 1800s for a second. Moment. Oh, we're going Yeah, we're going, we're going real far back. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then we'll get back, into the, uh, the, the awful Kenyan Bar Project. Mm. Um, but the Kenyan. Yes. Right, we'll get into yes. Um, but anyway, so... Obviously, like, you know, you hear all these stories about, like, slavery and the Ohio River being, like, this dividing line, you know, mm-hmm. and then you cross that and you're, you're in the free state of Ohio and you're in the north and, you know, you're making your way upwards. Mm-hmm. But um, Cincinnati put on the guise of a free state while still trading with, like, slave states and having, like, you know, all of these, like, slave trade laws here and, like, Fugitive Slave Act and everything, and racism was awful, awful, awful during that time, obviously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, uh, essentially, um, the black people who uh, relocated here were forced to move down by the riverfront, and uh, there was one neighborhood in particular called Bucktown, um, and there were several other ones, but um, there were a bunch of race riots um, around the time of, there was the Margaret Garner trial, which, if anybody is familiar with Beloved, that's what that book is based off of by Toni Morrison. Um, it was a slave woman who came here and um, they chased her and she ended up killing her own um, child because she would rather them die than have to go back into slavery. Wow. Um, and it was a huge trial that took place here and it was very divisive um, mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, absolutely. Because there, you know, there was a large abolitionist presence and then also a large pro-slavery presence. Um, so, I mean, this, like, fight and segregation has gone on in the city for a very long time, to say the least. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. anyway, so all of the African Americans typically lived by the river because um, it was close to the industry and, like, steamboats and everything, which is where they would often work. And um, it was called Bucktown, and there were all kinds of race riots, and they would get, the neighborhoods would get burnt down, but that one kind of stayed around. And, um, it became this large African-American center of culture in Cincinnati as the years progressed. Um, and eventually, um, that was known as like the West End and the, the Lower West End in particular. 
Um, and this is where it kind of ties in a little more to what happened in the 1950s with the Kenyan Bar Project. Mm -hmm. um, so OTR used to be double the size that it is today. It extended all the way to the Ohio River. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially where like 75 runs through now, yeah. there's like Longworth Hall and some other things. Um, that was where this neighborhood was. And I mean, there were all kinds of businesses and, you know, homes and it, the beautiful architecture that exists in OTR. It's like all, it was there, you know, it was yeah. all of that. Um, and in 1959, I believe, um, there was a decree, um, by the city that was done in the name of industry that said that they needed to claim that land, um, in order to, um, basically like create a space for like new factories and the highway to the run highway, through. Yeah. yeah. And all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and so they decided to tear down the entire neighborhood <laughs> um and they did not warn residents much at all wow. they um gave them 40 days to completely relocate and move out and like close their businesses and um and then they tore it all to the ground and they promised assistance um to the people that lived there uh 26,000 to be exact and only 500 of them were white if that doesn't tell you how racially motivated this decision was um, and it was described as a slum and all of, you know, like, just a dilapidated neighborhood when, in fact, it was, like, a thriving community and there were all kinds of businesses. And, mm. um, yeah, I mean, it was just a huge, huge travesty loss um, for the city and uh, for the African-American community. So they were given, um, like I said, like, 40 days or so to relocate. There was no assistance from the city whatsoever, so they did not receive, like, any funds to try and find new housing, so they were left completely alone to try and figure it all out with people's, like, businesses being robbed, their churches, their homes, like, everything just, like, you know, literally raised to the ground. Yeah, demolished. There's, no, and, I mean, that's why, like, uh, I believe it's Mount Auburn. Um, prior to that, it was, like, 75% white and, like, 25% black, and after that, it was 75% mm. black and, like, 25% white. Really? All the white people left. Because black yeah. people had to go somewhere. Exactly, and they had the money to, like, move out into the suburbs, so instead of trying to create an integrated community, they just left and they ignored the problem again. Wow. Um, and that's what keeps happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but that's... Um, it just is like so disgusting to me that that happened, mm -hmm. um, and and seventy five is a shitty highway. Who wants it's to awful. It's the just worst take highway. I know. If you're going to Kentucky, just go seventy one. It's 71. fine. It's easier. There's never construction. Exactly. <laughs> I roll there, um, but yeah. And um, the funny thing too about that is that where um, that community was, mm -hmm. and like right by Longworth Hall, is where like homeless tent camps keep popping up hmm. it's like what if there was housing there you yeah. know um and yeah. i don't know it's just and and i talk to people about it or i'll ask them like have you heard of this and like there's so many people who are native to cincinnati who have no idea that that neighborhood even existed yeah. and i didn't know yeah i, I mean I, I yeah i didn't know at all yeah for sure. yeah um i mean i found out earlier um like this past school year about mm. that and i was like what the fuck yeah like that was not that long ago. I, yeah, like less a hundred <laughs> years, less than hundred years. No, literally, yeah, less than a hundred years ago. Seventy years crazy. ago. Crazy. I mean, there's. 
I mean, there's so many things that we've never heard of about, I mean, yeah. our own town, but our own culture, our own exactly. history of America, of, of mm-hmm. the, the world, you know? There's so many things taught from, like, a white perspective. Yeah, it's written by the majority. The majority, mm-hmm. yeah. The winners, they yeah. say. The winners, yeah, yeah. The winners, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that mentality. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so messed up, and yeah. I think, I mean... I, I'm glad to have you on here to like Thank spread you. that. Now I know I'm going to be able to tell people mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think that's what we need to start doing is having these types of conversations. Yeah. Even if they're, you know, weird or uncomfortable or whatever it is because of where you came from or what you've been around, like it needs to happen. And we mm-hmm. need to educate one another on these issues and, and just the history of where we come from and like how similar it is to today mm-hmm. in different ways because you know, I mean, that happened then, but it's still happening now mm-hmm. because it's happening in OTR and, oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's happening. Uh, did you see that video of the guy like yelling at the 16 year old kid where he's just like, you know, 10 yes. years ago I was in the same spot you are and 10 years mm-hmm. from now you're going to be in the same spot I yeah. am. Like figure still something angry. out. Yeah, you got to do something different. You have to do something different. Yeah. And unfortunately there hasn't been any solution so far no. that has actually fixed it. And I mean, will there actually ever be? Yeah, I know. Um, That's the thing, and you and I were kind of talking about this earlier. I feel like in order to, like, truly fix that, we all, like, as an entire nation, need to just shift our mentality on that and Mm -hmm. also, like, restructure the systems that are in place. Which is insane, uh, an insane task to accomplish. I know. It's just so ingrained in the fabric of Mm -hmm. everything that our nation is, which is, like really awful because it's completely against the ideals of what our nation is so it's a huge contradiction and uh, we all need to think and work together Mm -hmm. to try and figure out a way to unify and bring Mm -hmm. compassion and justice because it's not happening because it it hasn't happened it hasn't it's happening right years years i mean the 60s were like the biggest protest that we've ever seen for black people Mm-hmm. And that was the '60s, <laughs> I know. and we're 2020 now, and they're still yeah. getting fucked over. You know what I, I mean? No, and granted, like I do believe that our generation has a more progressive mindset. I would like to believe. I'd like to believe that, yeah. Yes. Um, at least it's more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. People definitely. don't necessarily choose to mm-hmm. uh, do the research or take the time to educate themselves, and that's really disheartening. Oh yeah. Um, because, again, like you said earlier, like, there's... I mean, we all have the ability to... To be enlightened. Yeah. And be self-aware and be aware of the environment that's going on around and the issues, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not a political person, person, but there are things that need to... You know, you just you have to... You still see the basic wrongs of right, that's happening. Of, like, of the world. And yeah. what is... Well, we, again, what we were talking about, it, what, what is kind of at least... You know, at least a little uplifting is the unification that we're seeing, yes. the unifying mm-hmm. factors that we're seeing across the world. You know, it's not yeah. even just America that's protesting right mm-hmm. now, which is not, I, you know, I haven't looked into history at all, but I don't believe during any of the big riots of the 60s or even there was riots back in the 2009 after the recession and everything yeah. um, that reached as far you know as large a scope as what we're seeing today oh definitely and i mean like social media definitely plays like social a, media yeah. definitely <laughs> it sure. plays a huge part in all of that and spreading the word and making people worldwide aware of you know the injustices that are happening mm-hmm. or 
Um, and they're not only happening in America. No. I mean, America's the loudest about it because we're the loudest about <laughs> the everything. Most obnoxious motherfucker on the yeah. planet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're happening everywhere, and mm-hmm. to, to be able to see that we're not the only ones, and to be able to see that other people are in support of it is almost. It, again, it's like you know, it, it makes you feel sad that we have to do it, but it, it also makes you feel uplifted that Absolutely. so many people are coming together to, to, to fight against that. Definitely, definitely. It's really, um, it's encouraging to see that and to know that, like, you're not alone in that fight. I mean, nobody is, obviously, but, like, I mean, here, you know, at home or um, wherever it is, it's it's just, it's really nice to see the unification of all kinds of people coming together, and it does provide some kind of hope in a really dark time. In a really, really, <laughs> really dark time. Yeah, 2020 yeah. is crazy. It has been a roller coaster. For sure. This year has ridden Diamondback like six times. <laughs> and they have not gotten off yet. Not they're yet. They're literally about to throw up. But, but they're like, but no, bring like, it. Bring keep coming. <laughs> bitch, I got a fast pass and I yeah. am going, going, going. I remember at the beginning of the year, before coronavirus, when we thought the, the Australian fires were like batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were like, "What's next, aliens or I something?" Know. And yeah. then it was like, "No, war with Iran." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. And yeah. then Brexit takes place this year. I mean, it doesn't really apply to us, but it's still batshit crazy too. I know. Well, if they care about our shit, we should like at least care about their shit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. 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 We got enough to deal with, but you know, we'll toss you a wink. Yeah. Yeah. A like on Facebook. <laughs> um. But it's good to know that people like you exist in the world that want to help you. out. Yeah, and want to um, put effort into those organizations. And I think that's something that you also wanted to talk about a little bit is the efforts that could go into, yes. into this. Yes, definitely. Um, so, uh, for one, if, I mean, this is directed to people in Cincinnati, but also, like, just in general, like, look at the groups and organizations that are in your area mm-hmm. and, like, where you can help. We're going to provide a link. Yes. In the bio of this. Yes. That um, links you to all... I mean, small businesses all run by black owners and, and stuff like that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for one, uh, volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, so find a local soup kitchen, um, a homeless shelter you can volunteer in. Um, it takes two hours yeah. at most, you know, I mean, yeah. a week, hopefully or, more. Yeah, yes, hopefully if you'd more. like to, you know. You, like, if you find a passion in it. Definitely, definitely. And, um, I mean, I would hope that, you know, people will see the benefit of it and understand, like, you know, it like comes to love it. Yeah, because it really is. It's like. How long have you been doing it? Um, I've uh, two years now. Two years. Two now. years. Yeah, because I started yeah. my uh, the fall of my freshman year mm-hmm. college, so I've been doing it for two years. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, if you can just, it's such a beautiful way to like connect with people from all different backgrounds and to like really kind of just like look at your community and be able to like directly help. Um, so that's one way. Um, you can, and, you know, particularly during this time, if you'd like to support, like, you know, small businesses that are black owned, um, like Steve said, we'll provide a link, um, Mm -hmm. to all of the black owned, uh, small businesses in Cincinnati. Um, Mm -hmm. it's from the voiceofblackcincinnati.com and they've got a lot of resources there as well if you're interested in that. But, um, to tie a little more back into homelessness, uh, the Greater Cincinnati Homeless Coalition does a lot of, like, super awesome work. And they actually um, drafted up and got this passed um, in 2017 or 2018, I believe. Uh, but it was it's a trust fund for affordable housing. Um, so the city of Cincinnati is, like, putting tax revenue into um, 
this trust fund um, and all of it is supposed to go to building and creating affordable housing for people in Cincinnati because there is currently a need for, I believe, like 28,000 affordable homes, probably more than that, wow. um, because most people just like cannot afford it at all. Right. Um, working people can't because, I mean, minimum wage and multiple children. And, and you know, a recession. Absolutely. Depression. Yep, yep. And... So and development because the rent prices just increase everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, wait to like backtrack a second. Mm-hmm. Um, some numbers for you, real quick. Oh. Um, so the city of Cincinnati spent fifteen billion dollars. Billion. Billion with a B. Um, on development in over the Rhine alone. That much money exists. Yeah, in the past five years. Five years. And yet homelessness is worse than ever. And there is no affordable housing because all of that went to luxury condos and like all of that kind of thing for people who like are like literally don't need to live there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, and there's, I mean, there's just no affordable housing. The need is so great. Um, so that's like super screwed up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, so that organization does a lot of uh, really good work to try and help provide that. And um, they're running a campaign right now to try and continue to raise money for that trust fund. Um, but like, I mean, by the end of the year, I think the city had only put in enough for like 17 units of housing. And again, the need is like 28,000. Wow. So, which is also the number of people like a little over that that got removed from Kenyan Bar, so you wonder, you know, what would have happened yeah. if that neighborhood was allowed to flourish. Exist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that organization does a lot of really good work, um, and they organize protests as well in marches. Um, I went to one in the fall, um, and it was beautiful. It was so cool to see people from all different backgrounds come together, kind of like the ones, you know, that are going on now, obviously, yeah. in support of um, African Americans in our communities. But they're awesome, and... Let me see here. <laughs> I had a couple other listed. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, basically, just, like, do your research and educate yourself, too. Yeah. Um, learn about, like, the community you come from and the history that it has with African Americans in, in Cincinnati in particular. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's the same kind of shit that keeps happening over and over again. Oh, yeah. Like, history well, repeats itself. Absolutely. It always does. Um, so, you know, just take the time to, like... Recognize your bias, educate yeah. yourself. Watch Spike um, Lee movies. Yeah, literally, like, <laughs> hear the voices of people um, who have been oppressed. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, sign petitions. I mean, you've seen the posts. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't, then you're exactly living under, under a shell. Yeah, or you just have like an awful social media community too. Yeah. Um, not to, mm, 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 but um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not about that. But um, yeah. I mean, just, yeah, there's all kinds of things that you can do. And if you just take a second to look into it all and... It's um, real easy to find. And it, you don't have is. to donate if you don't have... I don't no. have money. I, I mean, yeah, like, you know, if you're in college and you don't have that, you can protest or you can sign a petition or... You can or, stream the things that yes. the, every stream gets them a dollar or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? There's yeah. so many options nowadays because of the internet, luckily. Absolutely. So, stuff... I mean, yeah, the internet is beautiful and awful, but and it, awful it does some yeah. it does some great things. There for are some things that, you, that it does. All right. If you, yeah, if you, use it, if you use it, properly, if you use it properly, yeah. you <laughs> able to uh, pick up a thing or two. But um, right. yeah, I mean, just be aware, be kind, be compassionate and understanding, and um, treat people like they're people because yes. they are. Because they are, they are <laughs> literally people. Yeah. And like, I mean, especially 
I don't know. I, I mentioned this in the in the last episode, but it's like Africans were the first evolved human beings. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. They were the ones who created exactly. the evolutionary line. Like, what are you talking about that they don't mean? What do you like? I don't know. I know. And that's something that I didn't even think about. Like, uh-huh. they did, but we didn't learn it like that. You know, we didn't learn yeah. it. We learned it as like, yeah, they were... At the beginning, there was Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you don't believe in that, I mean, that's just... There were just white people to start out with. Just I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how all the races came about. I don't think anybody knows at this point. Maybe just different... Yeah. You know, different things going on in different parts of the world. Anyways... <laughs> Anyways, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, and I'm not well educated enough on that. I know. Yeah, me neither. Obviously, me neither. Obviously, me neither. Articulate. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, But yeah, I do. We cover everything. Do we get all Um, the notes and everything that we wanted to talk about? Um, I think that might be just about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just. Be aware. Keep your eyes open. Keep and your eyes open. Use help. your ex- your forms of expression. Make a song about it. If you yeah, want. yeah. Be creative. Make a with poem. Make a yes. Write a painting. Mm-hmm. You know, write exactly. Yeah, yeah, just share share the message and show your support and help where you can and love one another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. All right, Olivia. Thanks for coming out and spreading some knowledge on Absolutely. all of this. Absolutely, that was it. a little disorganized, but I hope that I at least did a little bit of justice. I, so. I believe you did. Yeah, don't you were always too judgmental on yourself. That was way more. I have learned so much. I'm Thank pretty you. sure every listener would agree. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, I, I hope awesome. so. Yeah. So. Cool. Thank all you right. for having me. Thanks for coming out so much. Okay, bye. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, do the things that we talked about, that she talked about, mostly her. But do, do good things. You know, do the right thing, in fact. Uh, and educate yourself, all that sort of stuff. I also just want to say, um, I think this has been clouding a lot of people's lives, uh, especially mine. I don't know. It's hard for me to focus on anything else. It's all over. You know, you, you got to stay educated. And mental health is also important. So don't forget about that, you know. Uh, something that helps at least for me I know it's privileged of me to say um, but but coming back to the present you know if you're listening to this or sitting on your phone and looking at all these things remember that you're in your own house and you have your own space to breathe and live and think about these things you're allowed to do that like you're not too preoccupied with actually being I mean, I don't know you, obviously, and maybe you are going through something, but a lot of you are not, are just, you know, you're not going through something that's actually painful to you or tormenting you. Maybe something emotionally, but it's, I mean, that's emotionally, that's internally, that's something that hopefully, I mean, it's hard, but you're going to get through it, you know? There are some things that people don't come back from, and I don't know, I think it's just important to remember that, and worst comes to worst, you can always come back to reality, focus on your senses, be like, okay, I, you know, this is, this is the now. I don't know. That's what I like, try to do at least. There's birds chirping at somewhere, at some point, usually. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, but thanks for listening. Appreciate it, and have a good one. Thank you. Okay, bye.
kids? Oh, yeah. 12 years? You're tw- you'll be 21. That's like 32. Yeah. What if you're barren by then? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you for accusing hey, me of not listen, having enough eggs That shit happens, me. dog. It does, but it does not happen as often as you think. True. 